Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 123 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. This afternoon, it is freezing, but we are in the original, is that accurate? The original brew pub in Montreal. Yes. Yes, in with Quebec. Jerome. In Quebec as well. It's Pyramid 001. Okay, I keep hearing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about that. With Jerome from the Cheval Blanc, sir. Genuine Hi. pleasure. Nice to meet you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Strangely enough, we've lived in Montreal for about six or seven years, and... When we first moved, we were like Papano and Sherbrooke, and yeah. we never came here. I don't know what happened. It's because we have a wall. We don't want to <laughs> let them in. in. The East End? Yeah, yeah. Gotta keep them out. Ah, we don't want them in here. No. <laughs> this place is awesome, man. I'm uh, very impressed. It looks like it's got some history in it. Yeah. Um, you have a festival that you're doing to yesterday and today. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's in a, a development of a series of festivals. Okay. We had the IPA festival in autumn, and now in January we're having the Wild Beers Festival. They right. call it Bière Rebelle, but it's beers that have have wild yeasts or sour beers that have been aged in oak barrels. Nice. And are very. We went to get some breweries who had specialties, you know, something really. Awesome each brewery to send to us. Right. And we do this, the same thing with the IPAs. We try to get breweries who have very special IBAs to participate. Right. Know? And we're having a sour one uh, later on. So uh, we do that three or four times a year. That's fantastic. So this is wild, the other one's yeah. sour as opposed to the sour. This okay. is sour, a little bit of sour, but mostly wild. Mostly it's wild. Mostly, mostly oak beers, you know, like Harry Kenna, and they're really good at that, yeah. and, and Dunham's Dunham, very good at that, and we have uh, La Fue, a La Fue that sent yes. us a special keg, there was only one left, nice. and Maltstrom also, they have this special keg, so, these, so we phone and see if something's, something's you fresh, know, new. hidden in the brewery, <laughs> forgotten somewhere in the corner, and okay, we'll and bring take you that. In. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you have yeah. anything you did yourself? Oh, yeah, we got tons of beer, because we have a whole room downstairs for aging uh, oak nice. beers, so we've got about, I think, 12 or 15 oak uh, cakes uh, nice. downstairs. So we have the uh, Cheval Deluxe, uh, we have a farm ale, uh, Rancho Tang, mm-hmm. and we have like La Pounette Argousie. Argousie is a fruit. It's yeah, like the sea buckthorn. Yeah. The yellow So the, all of those have been aged uh, at least six months. And this one too that we have right now, which yeah. is a good... Uh, that one's aged less longer because that was an IPA, and we don't like no. <laughs> aging IPAs. Not really. Not really. Thing is really good, so this we just brute. took uh, yeah the brood IPA before Christmas. This was served at Christmas time, uh, right before New Year's, and we just threw in uh, 200 liters in wind kegs because we knew we had this festival, and now we, you know, kegged it and we're serving it today. Amazing! Yeah. So cheers. Yeah, it's strong. Yeah, you, it's strong. What is it? I have to uh, hard time finishing your your show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happens every time. Mm. It's uh, like. 45 minutes in, it's a mess. Um, what's the ABV in this one? It's nice. It smells oh gosh, super. I don't know. It's 7.4%. That's there. not bad. Yeah, I like that. Nice and fruity. What hops are in this one? I don't know the ABUs on there. I don't see the hops in there. Don't see that? 
There's a specialty hop. There's noble hops. I know he put in noble hops, but uh, no, I don't cool. exactly know. I'll, I'll look it up. My brewer's name is Isael. Oh, I've heard about him. Okay. Yeah, he's really good. So you don't personally brew anymore? No, I do sometimes some, uh, uh, how do you say that, uh, when you brew with an herb brewer? Collaboration? Yeah, I do that. But here it's Isael's uh, kitchen. Right, you let so him take, he takes take all, the reins. Takes, he does everything, yeah. Okay. And he's young and talented and I'm old and useless. So. <laughs> well, you have, like you said, permit, what does it say? Zero, 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 one. one. Yeah. Uh, recently, we actually were, uh, we interviewed Stan at uh, Golden Lion. I know Lion. him well. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that was our biggest, like, that was the, I've never seen people but respond Stan, so much. Stan has an industrial permit. It's a different thing. He started brewing a year before me. He has the same permit as Molson. Because right. the permit I had didn't exist. Pro Standard would have probably taken the, my permit if, if he could have had one. But he took the industrial permit, so that's why his, his brew is separated from the pub. Yes, right. Yeah. And that's, so you have a brew pub license? Yeah, I have a brew pub As license. opposed to the industrial. Yeah. Okay. So I guess back then, so he was 86, I believe, so you would have been 87. Yeah. It's crazy. That's so Yeah, and, and the thing is, everybody's <clears throat> mixed up now because afterwards, a lot of... Uh, breweries in the region like Stan opened up with industrial permits but they more or less look like uh, group up permit they mostly right. sell on premise you know because right. Stan sells mostly on premise right yeah. but he started bottling now and I guess they're oh he's always been bottling he's always but he's not a guy not that's like going to go thing. he's not going to distribute he doesn't have time for yeah, yeah he's always trying drinking. to keep up yeah <laughs> Stan's a drunk <laughs> I guess aren't we all in some way you kind of have no choice. Stan had, he got a, a, a trophy for, from the AMAQ, and he, he, I was supposed to give it to him. He didn't, well, he showed up, but he was sick, so he went back home and never got, so I went to bring it to his brewery. I said, Stan, I'm coming on Saturday. To, I show up, he's not there. He's, <laughs> that's Stan Gross. That's how he gets that. He's always been like that, though. It's amazing. Hey, it's consistent, if nothing else. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the Mondial once, mm. he was on the... It was mm. so hot. It was the first Mondial. It was 40 Celsius at Place wow. des Halles. He was standing up. He was fed up. So he had his huge cowboy hat. And he stand up on the table and decided that the beer was free. <laughs> so you <laughs> should have seen like, oh. the people go to the... His pub. And everybody else was panicking. And Stan <laughs> was singing on the table. And he, he's a good guy. He is a good bloke. I he's a true brewer, <laughs> true crap brewer. At heart, in his blood. Did, did he? Um, did anyone film that? I hope someone. No. Just, just get after. You had to have been there. No, in those days we didn't have even cellulars, nothing. When was the first Mondial? Oh gosh, it's uh, like nineties. Twenty-six years ago. Okay, I didn't know it was that old. Okay, that's crazy. So then it was fascinating talking to Stan because I didn't realize at the time the tourism office set that up, so I didn't know who he was. And then it blew my mind when they were like, that's oh, the first brewery. I'm like, what? So when I put that content, when we put it out, a lot of people were saying, oh, no, Cheval Blanc is. And then I kept getting confusing information as far as what? I'm the, the first brew pub. You're the first brew pub in Quebec. But Stan, Stan opened up at the same time as another brewery that was called Massa Whoopi. Okay. And Massa Whoopi... The beer was awful. And and it was at Massawippi Lake. Massawippi was not right far from Stan's place. Okay. And Massawippi didn't go well. They moved to, I think they moved to Lennoxville. 
at a right. certain point in time. And then they were bought by, by a guy, guy that was called André Dion. Okay. And André Dion is the founder of Unibrew. Ah, he bought okay. the permit and then he founded Unibrew in Chambly. Right, so you can move the permit then, I guess. Yeah, he moved the permit, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they were... Because so they had an industrial permit, and Andre wanted an industrial permit. Right. And they were hard to get. Even back then? Yeah. There probably wouldn't have I been too many. Why. Probably because it didn't exist. Like, the whole concept of just somebody starting a brewing business exists. is foreign, right? Gosh. <sighs> the first time I went to buy malt at Canada Malting, I went there for five bags with my pickup truck, and... The guy says, yeah, but who are you? <laughs> said, uh, I'm a brewer. I want to buy malt. And there, they had like three clients, O'Keefe, Molson, and Labatt, and they were exporting to Brazil. That was their right. other client. And uh, yeah, but he says, five bags. What are you talking about? So they would sent me to the office. And then I went into the office and I said, I want five bags. And it took them like half an hour. They called the government to see if I was legit, <laughs> if I was not in the mafia or something. <laughs> and then finally they said, okay, we'll sell you five bags, go back down. They made me a bill. And then when I came to pay, I, I had paid cash. Right. But they never saw cash in their lives. <laughs> they <laughs> sell to Mosin and Labatt and stuff like that. Right, and I had just the bucks on the door. The girl says, what do you want to do with those dollars? I mean, <laughs> so that's uh, that's how far that's, away it was in those days. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So then to, to go from the very beginning, how did you get into beer and, and brewing? Oh, gosh, that's even worse. Um, <laughs> I started, I had the tavern before. This is oh, a yeah? family business. It's okay. a real tavern. In this used location? To, yeah, it used to be a yeah. real tavern. When I took it over from uncle, my uncle, um, it... Uh, my uncle didn't didn't accept women because you were allowed in Quebec before to Dude. refuse women in taverns. Wow. Yeah. Now, is a tavern a Like a, a little bit Ireland, they separate they do that the women. Yeah. No, but the same thing. The Catholic religion had a very right. Oh, like in that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is a tavern a pub restaurant or is it like a hotel? Well, tavern like a, was only beer. Only beer. They only sell beer. They were, you were not allowed. To, it was... The tavern uh, permit was only beer, only beer. And you had an wow. exemption on taxes for the beer because it was for the workers right until the until the 80s 70s no late 70s it was right. like that. Okay. yeah so when i took it over i had to renovate a little bit to put toilets for women <laughs> and fix it up a little bit and that's how we started right yeah did you get into beer like in, in college or you know i was stuff? i'm italian descent so my uncle and my grandfather were at the tavern uh, we're Italian also, and they drank mostly wine, so we were mostly drinking wine. Okay. And but when I took over the tavern, I had experience with beer because my my sister had moved to England, to to London, and I spent a summer there. And in those days, it was before Thatcher. Uh, beer was cheaper than milk. Right. So we started drinking beer, <laughs> even if we didn't like it at the beginning. Like whatever. Well, we were drinking, it. It, and that's how I started drinking beer. Yeah. That's amazing. And now I hardly drink wine. I, I have a problem with wine now. Yeah. And I mostly drink beer. Is that just the wine you just don't like it anymore? No, my body doesn't like it anymore. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I get, you know, fall asleep all the time with wine. It, like red wine is completely a yeah. what do you call it? Like a 
depressant. Depressant, like oh, yeah. even more so. Like alcohol's a depressant, but red wine, I think there's something in the enzymes from the grapes. Oh yeah, but anyways, I hardly knocking. take wine now. I take that's fair. white wine with my wife sometimes at night, and that's about it. Right, sticking to beer, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so I compensate with beer. Yeah, <laughs> make up for it. I've been compensated for <laughs> 40 years. Doing well, I love it. Um, so then when you took over the tavern, so did you start, when did, when did the brewing come in? 87. 87 when you started? Because I went to New York City for a show, another show. When my wife was the, had a show there. And, and I was with another guy, and while they did the girls at the show, we went bar hopping, and we fell upon a bar, a uh, brew pub that was called uh, uh, Manhattan Brewery. Okay. I don't think it exists anymore. And it, and there was a brew pub, and we tasted these beers, and and we said, wow, this is really cool. So when I came back, I started researching how to get a permit to make beer. Right. And in Ontario, brew pubs had opened. Okay. And I went to see Stan, who had just gotten his permit, and I said, Stan, can you maybe set me up a brewery? And he says, yes, yes, but it never happened. So I bought a, a kit that was made in Ontario. But before buying the kit, I had to get the permit, which you? did not exist. Right. So uh, it took me a year to convince governments and, to do it and, and bureaucrats and the whole shit wow. to issue a new permit. Because we were not allowed downtown to have an industrial permit. So we had to have this like absolutely a group of permit. Right. So it took, uh, I started in 86 and I got it in 87. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. Trailblazing, I love it. So then, I guess the brew pub permit like incorporates brewing on premise as well yeah. as food. Yeah. Is that ten generally how? It looks? Yeah. That's why you can't sell. Here we're not. Stuff. We have food, but it's, it's like not snacks. our main business. Gotcha. Is that you know? That, I'm not at McDonald's. Or, uh, you don't come here <laughs> to eat and then maybe have a beer. Right. You right. come here to have a beer, and we have food if you're hungry. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So I wasn't sure how the brew because you're not allowed to sell. Uh, your bottles and cans. Now we're from allowed. Here. Oh, you since, are allowed. Since uh, about eight months, but especially they changed the rules to our liking since uh, oh, since maybe five months, since August, I think. We borrow in the basement, and we uh, we can sell. You can buy the bottle and go home with it. From here. Yeah. What they did when they changed the law, it was supposed to be growlers, and you put growlers under heard about that, yeah. on the tap, and then you, the guy. But we didn't like that because the the growler issue is the bottle, the shelf life is very short. You have to yeah. drink it right away, you Two, know. Three days tops. And you're leaving with like 500 or a liter of beer, and you have to drink it right away. We didn't like that concept. And finally, luckily, La Régie des Alcools changed the regulation and said uh, if you bottle in your production area you can choose any size you want so we went mm. to the 750 ml champagne bottle yes and we're doing our 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 oak aged beers in that you okay know? and it, we're doing very well people come in here and buy bottles and go home with it and do they just order over the counter or yeah is like, order over the counter is that well because i have this is the first i'm hearing of this like no one's ever no one's mentioned it like are you allowed to have a fridge yeah you are so if you wanted we to have, you could have like a fridge on we're the side. gonna have one but yeah. we use the fridge downstairs but we we have a special place for the bottles right to go home with specifically because the same bottles that we sell on premise we have to put a special little tag sticker. yeah, yeah a yeah. little sticker on it right okay so then essentially any brew pub in the, 
Is it the brew yeah. pub license? Is that what changed? Yeah, it's the brew pub license that changed. But we're right. probably the only ones that are doing oak age because we have the space. Right, because you can actually do. We don't. There's some brew pubs who brew in industrial breweries, mm -hmm. like at Mabrasserie or at. Uh, yeah, I heard they're allowed. The too. one at Ashlaga has brews yes. beers for. Uh, that contracting. Yeah, they're doing contracting. But at the Cheval Blindstone, everything is done in the basement. So all the ones in the stores, all the main bottles, like... We don't sell in stores. Not we anymore. just sell on premise. Yeah? That's yeah. a brew pub permit. So what's the stuff in the... So if you want a beer of Cheval Blanc, the true Cheval Blanc, because we, you have in the industrial version, but the, the Cheval Blanc on the interior suit, you have to come here and buy it on premise. Right. Where, where's the industrial stuff brewed? Uh, on, on the Plateau Mont-Royal. Uh, oh, yeah? That's the business I sold 20 years ago. Okay. I asked, oh, so that's not you? No. Ah, so you sold I had a microbrewery, uh, 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 more than that, uh, 23 or 24 years ago, and um, I've got, I fit a, all sort of reasons I, I sold it to Brasser RJ. Right. And I worked there for them for about 18 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you sold, I guess, I don't know if we're skipping steps here and stuff. Um, that's okay. I shouldn't have said It's real, real life. No, no, that's fine. We, okay. Yeah, we keep it going. It's more just for music for when you put it on, um, uh, like, YouTube and stuff like that. If it catches the music, it takes the video down. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you started in 86 applying for the license. You took over the tavern in 86. No, I took the tavern over in 81. In 81. So you were running yeah. it just as a pub. Yeah, you, I ran it as a tavern. And we had the beginning and we had the... We started having imported beers at the beginning. We had Newcastle and Bass. Right. We thought that was really <laughs> out of the ordinary. That's crazy. Yeah, that was, you were really... <laughs> hey, at the Cheval Blanc, they've got Bass, you know. And those days, that was a big thing there. Right. And then and then we started having Belgian beers. Okay. And then uh, we started making Belgian beers. And we did that for a hell of a long time. But now we don't brew much Belgian beers anymore. It's the, the consumer doesn't really, doesn't really go for them. that. Yeah. More American styles. Well, yeah, really North that. American styles. North American styles. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty proud of that. That the microbreweries, the new generation, was able to forge their own styles and not copy off. Even I'm, I think it's too bad we call the IPAs IPAs because they're not really IPAs. They're North so, American, very hoppy beers. Yeah, completely <laughs> they different have styles. Nothing to do with that IPA <laughs> from Great Britain. You that know? is very true. Yeah, that is good because a lot of people don't feel like that some people have you noticed in beer people are purists they're like oh why are you making these brewed IPAs or milkshake IPAs when yeah. like, beer should be like this no like, but that's, that's, that's I know my friend from La Chouf one of my best friends is La Chouf and he's really upset with these new styles <laughs> and he you know Belgium has its own styles they have uh, acidic beers and they have flambics and they have all sort of stuff and uh, I don't know I think in North America the guys the boys and girls started brewing went into a direction that uh, uh, is interesting it's not my favorite beers but we have half of our our beers here are like that now right you know? and uh, I, you know that's North America it's it's like a Chardonnay from from uh, I don't know California or Washington State or Oregon is not a Chardonnay from France. It's, right. 
taste it's is. much more pronounced in taste and that's what uh, the brewers are doing right now craft brewers in North America and you support yeah. like you think that's positive? oh yeah uh, IPAs at the beginning I cheesed I had yeah. a hard time <laughs> drinking that and before the before Israeli was in weather was the brewer here and he's He's co-proprietor of Dunham Brewery now. Okay. And Ilwes started pouring hops in the beer. And I was, you're crazy. You can't do this to my tavern. Did you say Elwa? Elwa. It was Elwa. Oh, yeah, we interviewed him. He's awesome. Yeah, Elwa. Oh, and he worked 18 years for me. No way. Yeah. Do you know what? He probably did say that. I'm usually, as you said, I'm usually half drunk in these. Yeah. I always forget. He okay. is a drunk. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so he started pouring hops in the beer, and it's costing us an arm and a leg and hops also. I said, you're crazy. He says, no, the people like that now. And I started drinking, and I got used to it. The, the wild beers, I, I, I'm more or less used, but I, I, it's because of my age. It, it just burns my stomach at a certain point of while. I yeah. can't take it anymore. Because I used to Very drink nice. Orval in 19... 19- 89, 9, 89, oh yeah, 89, yeah. 90s, I used to drink Orval. It's probably intense for back then. And we, oh, we had we had imported five cases of Orval at the Chivalna in those days. Nobody wanted right. to drink that because yeah. we all thought they were drinking grass. <laughs> and, and, and finally, my brewer, Marc, before he went, uh, uh, me drank the five cases. Right, just so, crushed you know. I, I'm used to the taste, but there's some guys that are, are tough, you know, uh, yeah. to drink. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a whole but that change. The younger people really like it. Like yesterday, I went around the bar and everybody was glad, and they really like these new funky tastes. So yeah, that's life. They're super popular. It's yeah, uh, yeah it's fun. I'm, it's good to see that. Uh, I just keep seeing so many people who uh, have been in it for a long time. Yeah, maybe like not as progressive. So it's nice to see that uh, you know you're like all for it. For the, oh uh, ex- sure, that's the, well. It's the essence of craft brewing. It's true. The innovation. I mean, and we finally, the, you know, I'm I'm not of that generation, but uh, I I find it pretty cool that they stop copying beers and making something funky and, and new to new to them. And to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that interesting. How do you feel about the like the like the lactose beers, like the milkshake ones? Yeah, I'm not crazy about the lactose. Two reasons. Uh, for me, I'm. Uh, it's not something I can drink a lot. And right. the other reason lactose, what I find is, uh, I find very important is the brewers have to mark lactose on their on labels yeah. or in the bar because I have one of my waiters who is allergic to lactose. Right. So. So like it couldn't. It should contaminate. Be, yeah. Them, well, a person can get sick on it. That's true. Usually, yeah. beer you can't get sick on. That's true, unless yeah. you're gluten sensitive. Perhaps I always but. say somebody who gets sick in a pub says, "I was the beer." I said, "No, it was the food in the brew <laughs> at the pub." It's always the food. It's never the beer. It's always the food. Always the food. Um, okay, so just to get the timeline down, Tavern Eighty One. What were you home brewing? Did you like home brew? Yes. Oh, I forgot to tell you that yeah. part. Eh? <laughs> it's okay. Piecing yeah, it I, I started home brewing. And I was member of an association that was called CAMRA, Campaign for oh. Real Ale. Oh, okay. We had that in Montreal. We were like a small team of terrorists, <laughs> and we would go to one bar and, and, and encourage a bartender to switch to Guinness and Bass. That was the only thing there was in those days, Newcastle. Right. And we would uh, try to 
to encourage uh, bars to have uh, uh, these types of beers. And we used to have a meeting once a month at a bar downtown on Blue Ridge Street, an Irish pub. I don't remember the name. It was an Irish pub. I mean, we used to have our meetings there. Okay. I did that for two years or three years. And then uh, I started to brew. I wanted to brew here. Okay. On premise. So you went straight from, uh, like, Over, straight Yeah, but there like was no, little you got to understand, in those days, there's no schools for brewing. There's nothing. There's no suppliers. Right. Like, I gave you the example of Canada Malting. Canada Malting had, like, I think four different malts. That was it. You couldn't right. buy anything else. Okay. So, like, no You bought Karastan. You had a black malt. And you had two-row pale malt. That's and it. that was it. Wow. So you had to blend with that. So you look at the first recipes at Saint Ambroise and and Boreal, Belgolorejean. Mm-hmm. They're all on the base of Karastan. Right. Yeah. Because there was like nothing no else. No choice. Yeah. Okay. So when you started brewing out of this facility, how did people respond to that? Because they never would have I seen was, anything like it this was before. a huge success. Yeah. Straight away. We, oh, we ran out of beer right away. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So like, there was a need that people didn't know they had. Yeah, essentially. yeah. Uh, because we had still had Molson on draft. Okay. When we started brewing our own beers, luckily because we would have sold totally nothing, out, yeah. we would have run out of beer. So it took us uh, at least one year or two years, wow. at least two years before we had enough tanks and enough equipment to supply uh, the demand. Right. Yeah. How did you advertise that you were beginning to brew out of here? Like, how did you let people know of this new concept of a brew pub? Uh, to be, we did not advertise at all. It's just people came in, you're like, oh, yeah. hey, we made this. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. At a certain point, we started uh, putting ads in the, the, uh, like a, what's called Le Voir. It oh, was a magazine which came out each week. It's, you know. Is that still around? It's like uh, yeah, like the, the village, something or whatever. The, they, they, the village another place in state, New York. In other places in North America, they I think it's called the village. Anyways, we had that uh, magazine that was uh, like a newspaper, mm-hmm. and we would add in there, put ads in there. Okay. That was it. And that was it. So people, yeah. I guess, I'm asking in the sense of like. When it's so new, it's not like here's another brew pub. It's like well, here's this whole new concept. Of these guys are making beer in the basement. Like how? Like for people that would probably be kind of strange, you have to kind of like warm them up to it. Like oh, I don't know, I just rather my Labat Blue type of thing. Like, no, it, we had uh, the people were curious. Yeah, and and you're right saying that it was. It, we didn't have Labat. We had Molson, but. You know, most of them, Expo was really strong. The Canadians were really good at hockey in those days, not <laughs> lousy like right now. <laughs> and, and that that image was very strong. Right. And you're talking of a district where people were uh, a lot, most of them were poor, so they were used to these uh, beers, mass mass beers that, you know, put publicity in the Canadians and stuff like that. So, gotcha. Yeah. So it was not easy, but at the same time, they're marginal people, so uh, they went for the new stuff. Right. And it was more expensive and everything, and they still drank it. Yeah, it'd have to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty lucky. That's good. 
That's, I think that speaks to like the, the kind of vibe of Montreal, though. I feel like it's definitely one of the, like it's at the forefront of, say, the third wave coffee in Canada. Like Montreal mm. has, I think, the most and arguably the best. And it's, you know, even it's though... like a competition, Montreal. Who's going to come up come with, with the, the new best stuff? and new <laughs> stuff? Yeah, it's pretty it's crazy cool, right? sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I like it, though. And I, mm. It's like it's people come here for that, and that's what you expect yeah. when you go in now. There's always that new cuisine. There's always going to be the new restaurants. Some of the best restaurants are here and stuff like that. Yeah. So it would make sense that people are more inclined yeah. to try something fun like beer. Okay, cool. So you brew it out of here... Um, talk us through how it worked when you moved to a production facility to bottle the... Oh, gosh. We, what happened is we, we sold the beer, started selling our beers in bottles on-premise here. On-premise only, okay. But you couldn't leave with them. You could just drink them oh, here. Oh, right. okay. But we were re-fermenting bottles. They were Belgian beers, and, and uh, we, we, we sold them, and everyone would say, ah, Jerome, you got to do something. So the only ish, the only way I could take beer out of the this brew pub was to sell to the ACQ. Okay. Which I did. Which was, that was also very complicated because they didn't want to buy our beer at the yeah. beginning. Not interesting. And I can understand <laughs> why. <laughs> you know. Anyways, we finally convinced them with a lot of pressure from the Ministry of Industry Commerce because our, in the law, it said that the only way I could sell beer outside premise was through the SAQ, so they had to take my beer. Right. So they took it, and it was a huge success. Right. I ran out of beer right away. Uh, I couldn't supply. Uh, I couldn't even supply one week of beer. <laughs> it was like, we used to make like a pallet every two weeks or something at the oh, Cheval right. Blanc for the SAQ, and they would sell it in three days, so we had a serious problem. <laughs> So finally, I decided to start a microbrewery in the uh, in the Sudwest on St. Patrick Street, and okay. um, we did that for three years. Right. But I got discouraged with the whole scene of the dépanneurs and the grocery stores and the pressure okay. on you to, to to sell beer, and uh, I sold to Brasserie RG. But we, we, not only we did we sell to ACQ, then we started selling to the grocery stores, and then we started, and also we were selling in the States. We were selling as much, right. as much beer in the States as we were here. Because we had out. like an edge. We were doing a, a Blanche, La Blanche de Cheval Blanc, and that was really popular with everybody. Right. And when we started selling it in the States, like everybody, every place we sold in the States, they wanted more and more and more of this. And that's um, great. So uh, we did well with that. We sold beer also. Uh, we had a cool system with La Chouf in Belgium. La Chouf used to sell his beer in kegs in the States. And the guy in the States was stuck with the empty kegs. So he would ship it to me in Montreal. He was from, I think, New York or Boston. Okay. Not far away. He would send me a container of empty cakes, and I would fill it up with the beer that was called Titanic. So a strong Belgian. I remember that's RJ. Beer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I sell it to RJ the brand. So it was your, your yeah. brand originally. Yeah, our, uh, Titanic with Grisou, La Blanche. All of those ones with that same kind of yeah. aesthetic all year. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. The Canon one or whatever was that one called Canon? No, no, that was Passage uh, GMT. That was the old brewery before RJ. Before you did that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, like I know. Okay. And, and uh, so 
used to sell Titanic in Amsterdam. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we had five bars that were buying our beer. There. No way, so you just yeah. shipped those kegs over there. And then they were empty, and since these five bars were selling La Chouffe, they would take the empties from me and send it back to La Chouffe with his kegs, and we'd start so again. Everyone's just making money. Yeah. That's yeah, so we genius. did that for two years, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you, you, all these other brands that you were making, were they originally Cheval Blanc? Like yeah, all they were all were made Cheval at the Blanc. tavern at the beginning. And oh. then they were made on St. Patrick. And then we sold to Brasserie. So, and they just bought all the brands. Yeah. But you, you retain any rights to make them here? Uh, no. But yeah, we don't all those really. recipes. Because you said the original. We're in another spaceship now. It's a different way, right? Yeah, we have a Blanche, but in fact, it's a Weizen. Oh, and, well. uh, so it's not the same beer? No, 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 no. Are you, are you allowed to make it? Yeah. You are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we make a more but, a German type of wheat beer than, than La Blanche right now. Okay. La Blanche is a lager now. Oh yeah, that's changed. It, it used to be a nail before, and now we do lagers. Nice. Yeah, that's great. And the amber is is uh, amber. It's what we used to do before. Mm -hmm. uh, the only difference it's in English is before it used to be a Belgian yeast. Okay. And it's funny the people are are not turned on by Belgian beers anymore, so we don't. Uh, and somebody. the same English yeast <laughs> for the amber is used for the stout. Okay. Then when our one of our big sellers is Framboise. We sell as much Framboise as we sell the the lager pilsner. Okay. Yeah. And what, what's the base for that? Like, uh, is like a wheat, like a raspberry wheat. Yeah, wheat okay. and um, uh, natural uh, Framboise. Okay. No no hops. No hops. No. All right. Yeah, it's a pretty cool beer. That's it. And it sells really mm. well. And then the other beers change all the time. So right. you have uh, this IPA at 6.6 uh, Granet. Paddington is a killer. Gosh, Monday night I had four of them at the staff party. After, after a lot of stuff. <laughs> I finished with Bad that. Move. It killed me. Yeah. yeah. I hate this. Always that last one. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> four of them. Wow, yeah, four of them at 8%, it. no? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Entertain is all the beers for the show right now. Right, and then there's that, that are that you can buy in bottles afterwards. Right, and you can sell them, so you bottle everything. That people from here. can come buy the Brita. What you're drinking is going to be in one month. We're going to bottle. You're going to bottle that too. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. So when you sell, I guess that's a interesting thing because I haven't really spoken to anyone who's actually done the selling. So when you sell the brewery to RJ, do they come to you or did you go to them? Uh, they came to me. They came to you? And they were yeah. like, hey, I see you have a... Yeah, we can say, well, you know, it was a period where breweries were uh, very uh, fragile. What happened is uh, Sleeman came into the market and mm -hmm. Boreal, GMT, and other, other breweries were going, sales were going up, going up, going up, and St. was also. Mm -hmm. And when the Sleeman came in, it was a catastrophe. I don't know why right. Quebecers started drinking Sleeman and thought it was really cool. And they weren't selling any <clears throat> as much right. beer as they were supposed to, as they had, they had forecast. So uh, GMT uh, sold to Mr. Jacques Brassard RJ. And Mr. Jean had already launched a small brewery up in Saguenay. Mm -hmm. I was making Lunigal. And uh, the guy who was managing all this merging, I knew very well. So he called me up one morning. He said, Jerome, you, you told me you were tired, that you're ready to sell because I have a guy that could buy you out. He wants to merge a couple of breweries. I said, no problem. 
on first day off. So he bought me like that. It took three yeah. weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no problems, just... I was fed up. You were just like, cool, take it, yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. Amazing. So then on top, so in that deal was the actual facility and, and the brand. Yeah, the facility we shut down in St. Patrick and, and we then moved. Right. Um, so you, you done that before you sold? Uh, no, when they we sold. That. When you sold, you like, did you help them or is that? Oh yeah, I worked for them for eighteen oh, years. I'm sorry, after you did that. say that. Okay. They 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 asked me to work for three years on contract basis, <clears throat> and then I stayed. Just stay because it was like. Yeah, yeah, I had fun. So it was whatever. We managed okay. like they really went up their business, and and they were all over the place. So it was right. fun. Okay. So then I guess once you get rid of those brands, like, like how are you allowed, so are you allowed to make, say, at least the Blanche, like the Cheval Blanc Blanche? The yeah, but we don't, we're not interested, could. we could, but how we're not interested in doing the same brands as RJ. We never were since the beginning. We just switched recipes to keep our own identity here. Gotcha. And especially at uh, point in time, we're really changing the recipes here. Uh, we're doing more and more crazy things, you know. Right. And, and you know, in a way, I went into a, a stream of IPAs, and then, uh, and then Lisette is more into these wild beers, and you know, we're not really interested in doing any of that old stuff. Like you let that stuff. be in the past. No. You've moved on. Like no, I have some. I drink them at home sometimes, but not, not interested in doing. Not too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, how have you seen? Is that. Like, this is a great beer if you ever have time to taste one of the oldest recipes is La Coute de Grisou. Coute de Grisou. Oh, I think I had that. It's, it's like a pink buckwheat beer. Yeah. It's a buckwheat beer. Was that one really of the ones you sold to, to RJ? RJ sells. Yeah, I've, but they, I've, it's the same recipe. Same thing. It's good uh, if you, and coriander. It's buckwheat and coriander. It's good when you go to an Indian uh, restaurant. You bring oh, a yeah, six that'd be pack perfect, right? Yeah, got the... Uh, yeah, I usually take, buy a six-pack when I go to an Indian restaurant. That's, is that weird, buying your own beer from someone yeah, else? It's yeah, it's weird, yeah, yeah, all the time. I guess that must be super strange, yeah. Yeah. Um, from, because you've been in it so long, how have you seen it change? Like, how, is, how has it been from your perspective being, like, you know, running a production facility, running this place, and then watching the changes through the 90s, and then now, I guess, in the boom and stuff? Well, the, the big change is, the first big change is when I sold, because our uh, GMT sold, McCausland sold to... Moose had half of his stocks. That was the... And Unibrew, it's all at the same time, right. sold to Slimian. When was this? Like one year after. What, approximate time frame? Like in oh, the 90s? 1998, 1999. Okay. That's when everyone kind of got rid of it. Well, it really... And then not many breweries opened. For a while. For a hell of a long time. Oh, yeah. And then uh, some started... Uh, Fred at uh, Charlevoix and Isaac at uh, Shawinigan and, and uh, a couple of, there were about 10 of them. Okay. And uh, Jude Ciel opened his facility at Saint-Jérôme, Jean-François. Yeah, it was about that and, time. Uh, and um, they all opened about the same time. So then there was this like third generation, maybe right. 15 years ago. And they started and there were maybe 10, 15, and suddenly it exploded. Right. They're, they're 225 now. In Quebec alone, right? Yeah. Which is crazy. I know a, a good part of them because I, I'm in a committee to organize our, con, our convention, a guild reunion. Is that AMBQ? Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, well, this year we had 700 people coming to the show. In, uh, where was that? It's in Quebec City, Quebec City it? Yeah. yeah. I heard it was good. Yeah, 700, that's a lot of people. Yeah. We started that show, it was, there was 150 people coming. Nice. Now we're at 700. How long, yeah. how long ago did that start? The when? ABQ. Their show started, I think, 10 years ago. Okay. But the, have they been the, around? Their, their, uh, their anniversary, I think, is 25 years this year. Damn. Yeah. And were they operating before the show? Or like, uh, were they a governing body? To yeah, that's it, 25 years ago, and the show was started maybe 10 years gotcha, ago. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. So then I guess because of that, I get, you, you, like I said, I said before on camera, a few, like, every time I mention to a few people that I'm coming to see you, they were like, oh, everyone always has a story about you. <laughs> Which I know is not true. Yeah, but it's not true. Definitely not true. They but, take too much fear and they don't remember the yeah. right things about me. <laughs> I feel like nobody remember anything about anything, anyone. Anyway, because everybody's drunk. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah especially in Quebec City, it's, we finish pretty late. Yeah, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah. They're beasting out there. I, I'm, uh, myself, I'm having more problems following them, but still following them. Up. But I'm 64, so they're, they're about hey. in their 40s, so... My 40s, I didn't go to bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sleep in your 40s? Oh no, I used to. Uh, I used to do shows with uh, Christian from La Chouf There, we used to. F Gosh, we used to have shows in Europe, and we'd finish at five, six at night, and then we'd go out until four, four thirty in the morning, and then show up at the show at eight thirty. Jeez. And do another day. And, that and then repeat the yeah. same thing. We used to do that. <laughs> Three days, three days. Yeah, did that often. That's pretty crazy. If it's in your forties, it's like I feel like in the thirties, I'm noticing a a change in the uh, what do you call it, like the way your body processes alcohol. Oh. It takes longer. Yeah, absolutely. So forties is pretty impressive that you're doing that all nighter. Yeah, when you hit sixty, I can tell you it's yeah. more impressive. <laughs> don't get to do it. Too I much, don't though. touch wine and I don't touch hard liquor anymore. Because it affects me too much. That my staff party, that was the problem. We went into schnapps at uh, 11:30 at night. That really run me down. And then you had the double IPAs. Yeah. Yeah, that's the. It's the eight percent. It doesn't sound like that much, but four of them. Ah, uh, the beer. After all that. Yeah, but I I can take beer quite a long time, but yeah. I I I have not to mix it. I, if I mix it, I'm finished. Yeah. So yeah, I, I absolutely align with that. It's hectic. What what's it, so, like? What would be some of your favorite things that have happened, like seeing change in beer over the years? Like, has there been anything that's been like surprising, or has it sort of been like a nice natural like progression? As far as I think it was more was. a progression. Is yeah, you know, like the big, big, big first change is when they. Craft brewers went to IPAs, you know, right. and it was supposed to be IPA, this, that, that, and finally, boy, they started pouring hops like crazy, coal hopping and everything on, on IPAs, and, and then they went to, to trying to make breads, you know, right. and, and uh, you know, Europeans, and especially Belgians, you can't make those beers, you don't have the right yeast. And Americans went to get the yeast in Belgium, <laughs> cultivated, and started making some. And then there was the acidic beers. They again, they said, "Oh no, you can't make that." And gosh, oh Marty, they're making it. They're going nuts. Now. Oh yeah, you can it's get everywhere. You can get from lab, uh, 
lab, yeast labs, every type of bacteria to play yeah. around with. Plus, you can do it naturally. Here we do it naturally. We do it with uh, yogurt. And, and I heard people say, someone said that to me recently, that's how they sour beers with yogurt. Yeah, we do yeah? it with yogurt. Yeah. Is it, like, what kind of yogurt? Is it, oh my is gosh, it a special I don't type? know which kind. Oh, it has to be, it has a, to be a, special, like, a bio, uh, what you call, uh, has, you have to have like a lot of, with all the, la, you have to have a lot of lactobacillus in, in the yeast. Right. In, don't, you can't buy the, you have to go to the special places, you can't buy that at the grocery store. It's, gotcha. It's like, it, it probably doesn't even taste good. It's, it's, it's not uh, your Liberty uh, yogurt. <laughs> it's, it's small bottles, it's right. packed with, with bacteria. Right, and you just, Chuck that in. Yeah. So it doesn't in, take much either. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. It's Someone quite surprising. Mind? Is it just like a, a, an easy way for the yeast to be carried, I guess? Like it's, it's already there, all those. Yeah, it's bugs not yeast, though, it's bacteria. It's so, lacto. I'm sorry, yeah, the bacteria. It's the, lactobacil. Right. And that's, the one, that's what sours the beer. And then what they do is, is once they've attained a certain pH that the brewer likes, depends on the brewer. Mm hmm. Uh, then they'll send it back to the brew kettle and, and, and boil it, stop everything. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Some don't do it. They just yeah. let the lactobacil go all the way. Right. But, uh, you know. Like, do most people use, like, the yogurt to do it or not really? Is it more? I like don't that? know. No? I, just don't, I don't know because all the yeast, <clears throat> yeast uh, banks have those bacteria. So it depends where you go. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Is there a benefit? I think the bigger breweries use the yeast banks because they can control more the, the, the fermentation and control the yeast count, the, the yeah, bacteria yeah. count and whatever. That makes sense. No, no, sure no, we don't do that. No, you don't do any of that stuff? Okay. Are you going to look, uh, you mentioned about the wild stuff. It just reminded me that the um, cool ships were also recently. Yeah, that's funny because I used, I went to <laughs> Belgium like, Oh boy, maybe uh, 26 years ago, and all the Belgian brews had cool ships. They were all trying to get rid of them. Really? And uh, now it's the contrary. Everybody's bringing back the cool ships and brewers, so it's a funny thing. Yeah, it's the other way to infect beer. Right. Yeah. Would you, uh, is this something that you're interested in doing? No, we don't have the space. It's more of a space. And the air in Montreal, I'm not sure I want to infect people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really think about that. Yeah. The Ontario Street. Uh... Yeah, we, we try to filter the air from Montreal <laughs> or anything else. You know. <laughs> That's a really, really good point. No, uh, what's his name? La uh, Gaspésie. Yeah, Francis. Uh, Francis Jean Carlson, he does that, but he's, a, uh, he's beside the sea. Right, so it's perfect. Yeah, and he doesn't have anything else to do than look yeah. at his, his cool ship. So. He's just like sitting around. He looks at the waves, then he looks at the cool ship. Yeah. <laughs> Good life out there. I've heard, it, I've heard it's nice. Okay, so that's all that. All right, perfect. So that's, that's so fascinating. This is a so, guy you could interview. I don't do know, you know if he what? speaks French. I, I spoke to him on Facebook, yeah. and he's okay to speak English, and he sent, you know, Brad Murray, it's his second in charge. Yeah. He sent him to talk to me. Oh, yeah. Instead, it was very kind because it probably would have cost him a bit of money to send him from on a flight. No, but they got a bar right here, so they come We did the it at bar. the bar, yeah. yeah. But they, he said they came just for us, made it feel very special, but that was yeah. super cool. Yeah, that's only a bit of a challenge for us in Montreal because I'm from Australia. I don't, my French is bad. So, like, I can't speak to any of the, the Quebec Especially uh, Lex Saint-Jacques, Gaspésie is tougher. They probably suffer, yeah. yeah. Well, in Trail, like, Stan was completely Anglophone, so that was easy. We did another. He's the only one. He's the only one. <laughs> we actually got. Uh, we're supposed to do Cibois, 
and the owner wasn't comfortable speaking English, so we couldn't do it. Oh, no. That's why we did stand, which worked out nice. Oh, it's funny. I know them well. I didn't yeah. know they didn't speak English. Huh? That's what some people say. It's, yeah. uh, it's a bit of a challenge, so I very much am always grateful at, uh, that when people do speak English to us here in, in Quebec, because I know it's not... Uh, did you uh, check the guy that I do really funny? The guys on St. Patrick that just opened the four. Four Origins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice place. They're funny guys. Yeah, they're good guys. I like yeah. them a lot. Uh, the beer's great. The place is beautiful. It's like a um, real, um, yeah. like a Los Angeles like yeah, warehouse yeah. type yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Yeah, they've yeah. done really cool. Uh, there's a few other ones. Oh, Simon was helping me. Um, Simon from Les Bus was trying to yeah. like, put me in touch. There's a new one called Les Saint Tavern, I think, in that area. Yeah. Do you know that? No, no, I didn't meet them yet. No, I haven't met them either. There's a bunch of different stuff. There's a lot of uh, new one, new ones starting mm. around Montreal, so it's like it's growing mm. pretty fast. I guess it's kind of a lot of them more in compared to Toronto because we're in Toronto all the time. Within that sort of downtown core, there's like so probably double the number of breweries than there are in Montreal. But then it goes crazy here as soon as you leave the city. It's everywhere. It's interesting to see that all pop up. Did what was like? Did you do uh, the Castal? I spoke to him briefly, and they he said never it was a good time. Pardon? He probably never has time. time. Yeah, I think they, they did something recently. They did like a um, they, they changed something. They they got a new facility. They, they, no, they, they enlarged and they put a canning machine. But That's he probably what speaks it was. perfect English. He he said that there wasn't a good time when I reached out. It's to never him. a good time months. to talk to him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I Next heard time you call him, yeah. you tell him Jerome told me that it was never a good time. time to talk to you. <laughs> So find me time. <laughs> make the time. Don't make me get your arm on the phone. I like that. That's a good episode. Um, yeah, it's been it's, it's sort of hard because don't, we don't have a car, so we're trying to like get around in the city and try and catch people and trying to make sure we cover the scene as much as possible. Oh well, and next time to, I go to Castel, I'll call you. Please give me a button. Well, and you get in. Get. My man. He doesn't have a chance. To let me <laughs> Just bully him into it. I love it. Um, where do you see everything? I know, do you know what? I want to ask this as well. I was going to say, where do you see it all going? Like, how do you see everything changing? I have no clue. No clue? Because... I don't know how it's going to finish. There's there's a lot of breweries right now. There, there's going to have to be more consumers uh, to, to switch to beers. Okay. I think it can be done. It's it, We've seen it in Oregon. We've seen it in Washington State, in, in California especially, in, in Vermont, in New York State the percentage of consumers switching to craft brewer beers. Mm -hmm. Here it's a little slower, but it, we have to, I think breweries have to get together and promote all their beers together. Right. In Quebec it's tougher because they have this men independent mentality between brewers. Okay. I know what I'm talking about because I've been in this association yeah. all my life. It's very tough to pull everybody together. Mm. Even on Ontario Street, uh, the businesses, uh, retail businesses, we make meetings that people don't show up and they right. don't understand what is, why should we show up in a meeting. Mm. And uh, we try to explain, well, if you want to talk to the city, it's better talking in, in an association than all alone. But they don't have that mentality. So so it's, it's not easy and, and we have to go get I think 1% more of the market from the big breweries. Right. And we know that we're starting to scare them because they started buying small breweries. They did. You know, they, they so it's like a, they recognize that we're a threat, but the craft breweries have not understood well enough that they are a threat and they should move faster 
mm. and more aggressively. You know. Why do you think they don't? Because everybody wants to do their own thing, you know, and, 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 and uh, there's no strategy. Mm. And dipanars are all independent, so, yeah. you know, it, everybody tries to get a, a two inches of space life, shelf life at this place and then another place, and they fight over shelf life instead, shelf space instead of coming up with some sort of package deal for everybody. Anyways, mm. I don't know if it's going to come. But if they would organize distribution all together, one distributor, they would be much stronger on the uh, on the scene right now. Right. Now they're much too divided. Too many distributors, too many brewers working not together. You know, right. you just look at Lac Saint Jean. There should be one distributor for Lac Saint Jean, and he it. moves in and he puts in his shelves. Lac Saint Jean. Right. The same thing for the Gaspésie and the South Shore. And they're not mm -hmm. doing that. Interesting. Have you seen the, uh, it's called the Kanaki Collective in the States? No. So, like, it's Anarchy with a C, and it's like Oscar Blues, Three Weavers, um, uh, Perrin from Michigan. Um, there was like a whole bunch, Colorado, and you're all over, and they basically, they have one, they've done exactly what you're saying. They've got these 10 breweries, and they'll have one team controlling all the distribution. They got they all go through, I think Oscar Blues is the biggest, and they'll go through them. And they'll get on the distro, they do all the press releases through the one thing, and they just push everything out from this one united front. And all they're from all different parts of the country. So it seems I mean I guess America has a different situation to Canada with as far as distro and, and stuff like that, but they, they seem to have done exactly what you're saying. Mm. The states is very different because the laws change between each state. Well, it's the same thing with the provinces. Yeah. Um, but but I think uh, it's a little easier though, if I'm not mistaken, for distro distributing between states than it is into provinces. Because if you look, there's hardly like Quebec is probably the hardest, arguably, to get into. There's no say Ontario breweries here or Nova Scotia. No, but here, I, I would say or. that you have a better chance coming in Ontario, in Quebec, than Ontario right now. Because in Quebec, uh, let's say you take uh, Bose, they have Bose, they're just yeah. their own beer. They're the only ones. Yeah, but they they paid the license and they got in. So is you that, can't is it, is you can't go in Ontario and start distributing beer. You have to no, go through the uh, beer uh, beer outlet. Well, LCBO or beer store, but beer store. Beer store like, are controlled by Molson Labatt and in And I think it's Sleeman. like two hundred thousand dollars for a listing. Yeah, cash money. So you don't have that in Quebec. No, there's no two hundred thousand dollars. So what? What's the what's stopping out of province breweries coming to Quebec aside from labor? I think just that just they're the not used to organ. They have to go through a distributor in Quebec, and they're not used to that. Because that's how boats got in through Transbrew, I think. Yeah. And then they move to. It's the same system as you go in the states in Quebec. Really? You just go through a distributor. You have to go through the SAQ for the for, but it's like. It's not that hard. Well, it's just a, a SAQ takes a cut, and says, okay, you can release the beer till this day. It's delivered at your warehouse, but it's still under SAQ surveillance until the SAQ says, okay, you can take the beer out of your warehouse. Hmm. But from. Compared to the other provinces, you can't do that. You have right. to go through their liquor stores. You can't get outside their liquor store. Here, you can get outside. Right. Yeah, that's true. The private liquor stores are very good, but you are correct. As in, like, There's only an Alberta that has a, more or less a system like Quebec. Right. That's the only one. So you, have you, to. you can ship to Alberta pretty easily. Because I feel like a lot of other places, like even BC, like they've got 
there's one distributor that brings in all stuff from the East Coast. That's like kind of what they're specially specializing on. And they're uh, like we see them have a lot there. They have a lot of Quebec stuff here. It's just like no one's. It's not like like everyone's scared or everyone's got the wrong information or something because nobody except there's those come in. I, I tell you, I don't know how they. I mean, the European is go well through ACQ right now and sh- sell the European stuff. So yeah, true. Even Heineken goes through the ACQ, eh? Right. I don't but, know why they they don't. Uh, I don't, I just think maybe they don't have the volume to. Yeah. That's maybe yeah. by only both have this the facilities to it's sell. right there. Like, Heineken and can do it, and uh, not Heineken. Sorry, uh, what's his name? Um, in Toronto, he's a oh. brewery now, but it's a bad bonnet. Oh, Mill Street. Mill Street. Oh. Yeah. yeah, they're the only other ones that are here. Well, Mill Street came through the. Because they came through Labatt's uh, yeah, but they, distro, right? Yeah, they came through. So it's, it's interesting. I would like to just, I feel like it's like... We sell, uh, RJ sells Cheval Blanc in Toronto. Yeah, I used to buy it there, yeah. in the yeah. Uh, LCBO. Yeah, they yeah. have that in there. They sometimes, oh, did they ever have the other brands? I feel like they probably didn't. Maybe they might get to Titanic or something here and there. They'll have like a special release they'll do at some stores. But I, I think also there's, there's nobody here interested in importing beer from Toronto or Nova Scotia. Yeah, you know, you need somebody who wants to push the beer. There's no agent. Be... I don't know of any agent interested in doing that. So that's also probably the gap yeah. in the market. To save someone from Toronto. Because most did it themselves. I thought they went through Transbrew. Yeah, but they marketing the whole shebang. Transbrew's just putting the cases in there. Oh, so both have their own reps. Yeah, thing. yeah. Do you know what? You're right. Jonathan, we know those guys. Okay. Of course, they got to connect That's a big team. difference. Yeah. Okay. So, it's I mean, like yeah. Yeah, Jake from them. Well, she was from that among, they, they called like the Untapped or something they called. And they're the ones who bring, we met her at Dunham at the Fuduni. Did you go to Fuduni? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, she's come, she was out here. She's from Vancouver, but she's bringing all the, I think that's why the Dunham had them down here because it was perfect for her to meet all the East Coast breweries and probably some from the States. And then they have events like they had a Bellwoods Tap takeover in, in whatever, downtown Vancouver that we don't really get that sort of stuff here too much. Hmm. And I feel like for like you know as a drinker, like, the Quebec stuff is amazing. Of course, you want to drink local. It would it would be cool though that the Quebec beers have tap takeovers in Toronto and, and see yeah. them more over here at least, or bringing some of the stuff in just to make it feel more like this because it feels everything. Every scene is very insular. Yeah, like you go to Toronto, I get Toronto beer only. Cool, but I don't know if you live there, don't you want a bit of variety? Like it's different if you're moving, but. Just, I guess, all this, all this bureaucracy. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Before we get to the lightning round at the end, did you have any advice for up-and-coming brewers, maybe people who are looking to start their own one or have started their business? Like, or, or what have you really? What are the key things you've learned over the years that you would tell? Well, them if you start a brewery, the key thing is first is not to get excited and think you're going to sell millions of cases of beer the first year. Okay. And even if you sell a lot the first year, you're just filling the what we call the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Once the pipeline is filled, uh, then it's now you know your real sales because the store beer store is just going to call you when the shelf is empty. Right. So that's really important to know the difference between filling a pipeline and selling beer. Mm-hmm. The second thing is the most 
thing that, uh, what makes you make the most money is selling on premise. Okay. So it's different. Uh, a lot of breweries don't sell on premise. And like to go or? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big mistake. Yeah. They should have a bar and a, uh, a store where they can sell the beer right. on premise and make an effort to sell the most you can on premise. It is so much less, it's so much more profitable. When you right. start shipping beer, it's, that's when this it middle kills man. you. Right. So that's a key ingredient. And then, then you, whatever surplus you have, then you start shipping all, all over the place. Right. So and satisfy you need local first. somebody, you need a distributor, but a distributor does not sell beer. He distributes beer. And that's, okay. most of the breweries don't understand that. And they let the distributor just put beers on the shelves. And their beer is going to be there on the shelf 10 months, one year, two years. They don't know. And uh, you need somebody to check. Go right. around and check what's what's being put in what stores. And meet the store owners. If you meet the store owners, it's really important. My friend, Laishouf, that's how he built a business all over the world. As he was his job full-time Christian. There were two guys. There was Pierre and Christian. Pierre was doing the beer and stayed in Belgium. And Christian went all over the world to Just meet distributors, beer. to meet importers. He went in bars. Right. He went in stores. Shook hands all over the place. That's crazy. Yeah. No one just... And because they were not selling any beer in Belgium in the beginning. They had no was... distributor in Belgium. The multinationals controlled everything. He couldn't right. sell it. So all this business was made by handshakes all over that. the world. That's crazy. Did they have a brew pub in Belgium? Yeah, now they were bought by, they sold to Double and now and stuff. That's, yeah. Brew pub and stores Everything. and the whole <laughs> shebang. They seem to have done a nice job, actually, their little uh, group of breweries. Yeah. Well did, uh, they got some good ones. Oh, yeah. Like nice little consolidation group of breweries. Yeah, they got the one at. in Cooperstown that's very good. Also. Oh, I'm a gang. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We, we went through there recently on the way back from Rochester. I wanted to stop, but I was like, we had to go. I heard that would be practical. They do a lot of Belgian stuff too, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Game of Thrones ones. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's good. So that's uh, the main things you would say to a new... Yeah. A Start new small and sell the most on-premise. Okay. That's, that's great advice. So we have this thing called the lightning round, which is not always that slow. Just quick questions. And uh, you just give us like your first... Uh, answer that comes to your head okay are you, are you ready yeah i'm ready <laughs> uh what's your guilty pleasure beer a beer that you would be embarrassed to admit to a beer nerd that you enjoy the beer i would be embarrassed yeah like maybe you like a macro beer or something like that oh um, i drink uh, sometimes budweiser yeah you know why okay. why because i use it to rinse my mouth <laughs> before the next sure. real beer i tell you that's a trick for all brewers yeah is when you have a tasting, we don't have here to Cheval Blanc right now, but my brewer yesterday asked me, we should have something for our mouth to, between each beers for tasting. I said, you need a bud. The bud is the best the beer because the pH is neutral. And it's a very good beer for that. It's very hard to make beers like that, uh -huh, by yeah. the way. Yes, extremely hard. But it's a good beer to, to, to rinse your wealth and take going to tastings. Right. It's a big problem when you go into... Uh, Festival, beer festivals, you can't rinse your mouth. They give you water. Water's terrible to rinse your mouth when you're drinking yeah, beer. Yeah, right. So you yeah. rinse with bud. Yeah, yeah. That's good advice. Rinse with bud. That's a good, almost good episode. Um, and I even got a good story if we have time after that. We got plenty. Oh, yeah. We got 
We got all the time. We'll run through these quick then. That's go. a good one. A uh, beer you would decline under any circumstances. So you go to a barbecue, someone You want offers. me to name the beer? If, if you don't mind. You don't have to, though. <laughs> I think it would be La Shun. Shun. I've heard of that. Yeah. Is that a brewery? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been a while. He's been around. I never liked it. Never? Fair enough. I like that. What's your, what was your gateway beer? What was the beer that really convinced you that craft beer was like... I think you might have said it earlier, actually. Oh, gosh. Um... When you were in New York, do you remember like? Uh, I don't remember the beers in New York. There were good beers there. I remember the beers in England because we were drinking Bass. And naturally, once I started brewing, when I went to Belgium, I just went crazy. You know, La Chimie and La Chimie is still very good. I, you know, I like having La Chimie. I haven't had that for a while, yeah. yeah. Classic. Classic. Um, what's your favorite style? Oh, gosh, I changed quite a few times. I must say, right now, I'm into lagers. Nice. I learned uh, to brew lagers at uh, our brother, RJ, and we did traditional lagers. But right now, I'm really into uh, people who make these new generation of lagers. I yeah, really like find the, that interesting. Have you had, like, like the dry hop lagers and stuff? Yeah. You like that? I love that. Yeah. Such a nice uh, little yeah. twist on it. What about the least favorite style? Doesn't mean you like hate it, but just maybe you're like not really feeling too much. This style, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. probably uh, the sours because I, I don't enjoy drinking sours. Guess because it doesn't make you feel too good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Need to have like a no. Side it's just of my stomach. It yeah. just doesn't want to take it. It's a lot. It's a lot. You get that acid reflux. Yeah, yeah, I just can't. It's not fun. Uh, what's your favorite beer city, destination, or country? Like, where where do you like to go for beer? I would be Belgium. Belgium for sure? Yeah. That's worth it. Yeah. Uh, first beer you ever brewed? First what? First beer you ever brewed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think it was Making a the Amber. The Amber? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any sure. of these recipes based on that? Yeah, original? the amber right now is pretty based. It's not the based. same yeast, but it's the same base. Same type of thing? Yeah. That's sick. Um, what's your favorite or least favorite style to brew? Is there anything when you were brewing? Did you like enjoy or not enjoy something? Uh, not enjoy. Uh, I, the first time I made a, a first harvest, oh, like it a was hut. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're hard to do. Um, that's probably the next thing. What's the worst? Oh, that's the worst beer you've ever made? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what music do you listen to when you brew? When you were brewing? Did you listen to anything specific? Music? Is- yeah. Oh, no. No? I didn't listen. My brewer does that, but yeah. not me. I never no, yeah. listened to music. You just kept to chill? I was much too nervous and <laughs> desperately trying to understand what was going on. <laughs> So much science. Um, what's your favorite hop? Oh gosh, that's a good question. It's a tough. One. I think it's uh, Cascade. Cascade, classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, because what... it's the hops we had. It was the only hops we could get at the beginning. Right. And we could get that's, a whole. I guess that's the only one, right? Yeah. Back in the yeah. day, like there probably wasn't all these new ones came up oh there later, was only right? cascade at the beginning there was and probably like the bittering hollow like tower and or something uh, traditional hops but they were tough to get because the breweries were buying them all out but right. cascade was not interesting for the big breweries right it's too much uh, yeah the dank flavors and, and it's stuff. a base 
cascade of many other beers afterwards, you know. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, they blended them, but you look at the, where it comes from, and it usually comes from Cascade. Cascade right. is, is a blend from a wild hops in, from Canada, I think. Okay. And in, I don't remember the other hops, the cultivated hops from Europe. And, and the guy who found that, it, yeah, made that, and then it went... Killed him. Uh, you know, the first breweries like Sierra Nevada and all of that, those hops, yeah. you know, yeah. All the classic West Coast yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, what does your family think of the, uh, of everything? My family? <laughs> well, they like, but they're not beer uh, no enthusiasts. Beer. No? No. That sucks. No, and we used to be my belle famille, we're beer and sweet ass, but not my family, they don't. No. They drink beer, but they're not crazy about beer. No. no. So they don't appreciate no. What, no. what's at their fingertips. No. Damn. Yeah. Well, more beer for you, I guess. I don't know why, but it's like that. Yeah, Usually how it goes, right? You always have something that you don't care about. Uh, last one, what was your favorite adjunct? What's your favorite thing you like to add to beer? Oh, gosh. You know what? When we started brewing here, we didn't put any adjuncts. No? Because craft brewing at the beginning, we boycotted adjuncts. And that's why the Belgian beers that Schwabler made, like the Titanic and La Berlue, and what was the other ones I would make? I don't remember exactly. Were tough beers to drink because unlike the Belgians who were putting sugar in their beer, we were just putting malt. So they were right. very heavy. Right. But with these strong Heavy flavors. beers. And adjuncts, I started using that at uh, Belgueur because we made, if you can call it adjuncts, we used wheat. Okay. Um, uh, at Belgueur makes that summer beer, it's a crystal. Oh. But we're not allowed to say crystal because Labat has the... That name? That name. Is it the Hefeweizen that they do? No. no crystal is a filtered beer. It's a lager. It's uh, 40% wheat and 60% malt. Okay. Hefweizen was another super project. That was my boss who had that idea. It's not me. No. He wanted to do Hefweizen, and he sent me to Germany to to figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. Damn. Did the official stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's good beer. No, it's It's not. It's not selling that good, but it's a good beer. I think, do you know, in the uh, the lightning round there, when we have the question of your least favorite style, that's the most interesting one to me. What yeah. brewers and, and owners and stuff people are saying, and one that surprised me a lot that comes up is wheat beers. People just don't like them. They don't yeah. like the, they mention the coriander and the cloves. And I found that I recently just sort of not into them as much as I used to. Maybe You're not into them much, but you know that Blanchelabla has no coriander and no cloves and nothing. No. There's nothing. And it's selling pretty good. The one that RJ. The one that RJ's doing. Doesn't have anything in it. And it's the reason it doesn't have anything in it because the recipe was developed here, the Cheval Blanc here. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point in time, people got fed up with coriander and all of this. So right, we stopped so making done with it. We stopped putting it in. Okay. And, and the orange stuff also we stopped putting it in. So it's just the yeast that gives you oh, that, that spicy taste and that's it. Ah, that's cool. But it gives it more drinkability, yeah. Yeah. Right. I haven't had it for a while, but when we first moved here, I used to drink it often because it was at every bar. Yeah. It went with all the whatever kind of food. Oh, yeah, it's one of the biggest sellers in Quebec right now. That's good. You proud of that? Yeah. Yeah. It It took a hell of a. It took 15 years. (laughs) Hey, you did it. Yeah. Um, When you said you had a story, I think it was about the shun or something. You said. 
Uh, Budweiser. Budweiser? Yeah, we had a marketing thing once at RJ, and they were testing beers with a huge marketing company, and they had a first test with, with the labels, and take the same people and retest the beers with them with, without them seeing the labels. Okay. And, and when they had the blind tests, I had the marketing people use Budweiser so to rinse them the mouth between each each beer each and one guy who has said that he, uh, at the meeting interviewed he said he was an expert in microbreweries he knew all the names and when he saw the labels he was telling me he was talking talk so when he went into the blind test testing and he was making super mistakes and, <laughs> and at the end there and in the interview he says to the guy he says you know what he said, the one I prefer the most is the beer you asked me to rinse my, mu my mouth with. <laughs> That's crazy. And we were behind a glass. Just dying. <laughs> dying laughing. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't have come in so cocky. Yeah. <laughs> Those tests are hard, man. Those They're very tests. hard. We did, we did them sometimes for videos. We did one the other night even with stouts. It was hard. Like, it's very it's hard. super tough. And that's actually funny. Now, you may, I'm actually curious to try like Bud as like a, a method between But it's, beer. it's very it's important to rinse your mouth. So like, is it like for the taste test? For the taste test? Yeah. So yeah, we did one the other night. It wasn't a good match because we wanted to do, we did like micro versus macro and there's not many macro stouts. Like the only ones were Guinness and um, Mill Street that I could find. I think there's probably other ones like at this one store that's all they had. So I compared that to like a Le Castor and a Alafut. And it wasn't a complete fair because they're nitro versus that, but it still was like hard because you taste one. I know the the Castor was really sweet, and like sometimes the macro ones are really sweet, so it kind of threw me off. Um, but we probably should have had a rinse between them. So with the butt, do you swallow it or do you like spit it? Like you're better off spitting it. Better off spitting. So it's literally just a mouthwash. Yeah, spit. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll give it a try. I haven't had Bud for ages. I'm always curious when I keep uh, hearing. I feel like I've I've heard some people have been to the, the the brewery in St. Louis, and apparently it's they said the exact same thing to make that volume at that quality consistently. Very tough. Incredibly tough. Yeah. And I heard it's really good from the source. Oh no, they're very tough and they they're very knowledgeable people. And I I I was in the. I remember in the Master Brewers Association, and they used to go to these seminars, how to taste beer and, and how to detect. And these guys can detect stuff that you would never detect in your life. You're <laughs> tasting all these beers, oh, they're all good. And these guys, oh no, this one has a little bit of this and this. And they're crazy. They're, wow. they're really on the top of the chart as, as knowing the faults and beers right yeah. what's, what is that job what's that called is that just like a, I don't know if it's called uh, it's the, each brewery has a committee a tasting committee right and there's a whole you can go follow courses on that if you want there's tons of them now before they were only seminars at the NBA that would give that and, but now that you can go to Siebel and follow a course I think it's two weeks yeah yeah is that for BJCP is it the BJCP tasting, like the beer judge certification program? No. That's different. Not, but that also was a good course. You think it's worth it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you went to tasting beer. There's a girl that gives a course in, in Toronto, which is really good at it. I think it's got Crystal Luxmore or that. No. 
She's the, oh, one of the only Canadian certified. Oh, top it's Mir- Muriel. Yeah, Ma- yeah, um, yeah, crazy, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the colorful hair. Um, something Amat, whatever. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, went, I wasn't sure whether it was like because the cicerone seemed a little intense. Yeah, it is. And it was like really intense. But, but she did the whole thing. The whole thing. Talked, she's like she's, one of the few advanced uh, cicerone. Last like time the, I looked at the statistics, she's, she was, there was two in Canada, and she was one of them. She was one of them. It was more, I want to see what, which, what's going to give me, say if I'm talking to people like yourself or I'm doing these videos looking at beers, I want to be able to have a bit more of a deeper way to understand what I'm yeah, drinking. Like yeah, I get it, yeah. but I don't like know the real words and the reasons That's behind it. That's what you learn with that. So I wasn't sure is which one would be The only one. thing is with these courses is at a certain point in time, you, all what you're doing is you're tasting the faults in beer. But, oh, you keep just now, yeah, I heard that. Every time you drink a beer, you're just gonna be like, look at what's wrong with it yeah. all the time, and he's not gonna be able to enjoy it anymore. Yeah. I kind of like the ignorance that I have then. Maybe we should keep it. Did you ever do any of those? Yeah, I did a lot of them. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Did it ruin it for you? Did no, it I didn't ruin it, but it's it's you know it's like yesterday we were tasting beers. I was telling my brewer, he said, "Well, that one is, has something I don't like." <laughs> he just tasted, trying to see what it was, you know. So it just makes you too analytical. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I got to consider it. Um, is there anything else we want to cover? I know we got to get everything started pretty soon. We've done a solid uh, hour and a quarter. No, we're fine. Feel satisfied? Yeah, yeah. That was great, man. I really appreciate your time. That was a lot of fun. Pleasure to meet you. Okay. Um, do you know where everybody can find Cheval Blanc online? Online? Yeah, like the website or social. Well, it's Cheval Blanc. The website's Cheval Blanc. Your best is Facebook because that's uh, when never has time to. to to do the rest do the rest on the website we have okay. a website but you're better off on Facebook hit them up because they're Facebook you know right away what's going on at the Cheval Blanc it's live all the time everything all the time yeah. and this is like is it the Cheval Blanc pub versus probably like the beer I'm sure like the brand would have a separate one yeah no no but if you touch Cheval Blanc comes up yeah yeah okay perfect so check that out um, guys thank you for watching if you enjoyed the episode mate smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below hit the notification bell so you know when the new episodes drop follow us on social media at BOS Podcast check out the long form audio so you can hear a very attractive gentleman like Uncle Jerome here talk about beer that's it guys thank you for watching we'll see you in the next one cheers